0: welcome everybody uh, to today's podcast uh, a voice for the kids with child usa and we're talking about justice in pennsylvania it's been 16 years it's been a long haul um, it's possible we have some uh, bright light on the horizon and a major reason for that is that representative jim gregory who is a survivor himself is uh really working hard to try to get something done this year it's been a year of ups and downs as we'll talk about uh not an easy lift uh, but looks like we may well get there so let me introduce you to uh representative Jim Gregory we'll also be joined by Catherine Robb my dear friend and colleague who is the executive director of Child U.S. Advocacy, and she's working on these issues all over the country. So so let me go right to introducing uh, Representative Jim Gregory. Representative Gregory is a Republican uh, who represents Blair County in Pennsylvania's 80th legislative district. He's been there since January of 2019. He serves on the Human Services Labor and Industry Committee, the Local Government Committee, and the Tourism and Recreational Development Committee. He is a survivor and an advocate for child sex abuse SOL reform, bravely on the forefront of changing Pennsylvania's laws to give survivors of CSA access to justice. He is a co-sponsor of HB 14, which we'll be talking about today, which is a joint resolution to amend the Pennsylvania Constitution to open a two-year revival window for survivors of child sex abuse. Before joining the House, he was a legislative aide, a marketing and sales director, but also for 12 years, he was a television sportscaster. So we are very happy to have him today. Catherine Robb uh, is a lawyer, an advocate, a law instructor, and the executive director of Child U.S. Advocacy. Uh, she's a survivor of family abuse and she's an expert on child sex abuse and advocates for legislation that will protect children from abuse and neglect and support survivors of child sexual abuse. She regularly testifies before legislative committees, presenting the best legal and social science research from Child USA to advocate for laws that will protect all children and promote the common good. She's the co founder. Uh, along with me and uh, Steve Jimenez of New Yorkers Against Hidden Predators. Uh, We had a storied uh, fight for justice in New York. She serves on the board of Massachusetts Citizens and Children, and she's a certified trainer for Mass Kids Enough Abuse campaign. Catherine received her Juris Doctor from New England Law, and we are delighted to have her here today.
1: We know that this may be an especially difficult time for survivors. Child USA would like to extend our support by providing free access to our child sex abuse membership portal, a place where survivors can find resources vetted by the experts at Child USA to help them learn, heal, and grow. You can visit childusa.org/members to register for a free trial of the portal with code STRONGERTOGETHER.
0: So we are um, absolutely delighted today to have Representative Jim Gregory and uh, Catherine Robb, who are both survivors and warriors for Justice for Victims. And uh, we're talking today about this Pennsylvania, as I have come to call it, roller coaster of SOL reform. So, um, so let me just start out by saying, you know, this has been an issue in Pennsylvania for 16 years. I think that's a magical number. It took 16 years to get the New York uh, window open. Uh, And so uh, we're hoping that that's the magical number this time. So I thought we'd just start out. First of all, I I wanted to hear from um, Catherine about what's going on across the country right now. Uh, Just It seems like you're testifying every day in some state. And so Pennsylvania is part of a bigger picture.
2: Most definitely. I mean, this is uh, Pennsylvania is of course lagging behind, but um, this is a, a tremendous uh, national movement. Uh, in the past four weeks, I've testified in Colorado twice. Um, Maryland, uh, North Dakota, Georgia, Uh, I think I'm missing one in there. So there's lots of activity, whether it's um, a complete elimination of the statute of limitations, a revival, extension, Uh, you know, I think jurisdictions are trying lots of different recipes to protect children and to honor fundamental notions of justice.
0: So, so Representative Gregory, um, you are leading the fight right now in the state of Pennsylvania. Thank you. Uh, and um, first of all, how are you feeling about all this? This has been quite the uh, rocking and rolling roller
3: coaster so far. It sure has been. Um, you know, none of us have been uh, none of us asked to be put in this position uh, as survivors when we were younger um or whatever age we might have been and none of us has to be put in this position that we find ourselves in right now with the issue that was created by the lack of advertising by the state uh, secretary of the commonwealth and i just try to remind myself every day uh, my faith is really important to me um, as a survivor but also someone who lives lives in long-term recovery um, I've worked to be able to understand and accept that certain things are just going to be the way they're going to be. um, But we can continue to uh, go down the road we're going down uh, because it's the right thing to do. And if we just keep doing the next right thing, everything else seems to take care of itself. And I believe as a unified front that we have today, for the people who follow your your, your lead um, that they need to know that we are doing the right thing to get this done and on the ballot for May 18th. And I don't think you told, I, I told you how I feel. You asked me how I feel. Yeah. Um, man, it's it, it's exhausting. I don't know how you've done it for 16 years. You know, I came into this since 2018, and I just came in with the idea that we had a barrier. What can we do about getting over the barrier? You've been fighting for statute of limitation reform. Um, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for what you've done, and being able to do this together. Uh, I gotta believe that this is the right thing to do, and I'm just gonna keep doing the next right thing.
0: Well, amen. Uh, I'm totally with you, but so let's, you know, we'll have listeners from all over the country. Why don't you give us a little description of how the heck um, we were on this road? Like we were having meetings about, Oh, all we have to do is get ready for May 18th. Uh, So if you could take us back in time to how is it that we got derailed momentarily and we're now getting back on track?
3: I don't necessarily think I know the answer to that, but I did send a letter to the governor just a few minutes ago. And I want your your followers to know that this letter uh, was not um, gentle in my demand that six weeks ago, this mistake human error on purpose, by mistake, um, happened and uh, we still don't know, you know, how it happened and so because you've been doing this for 16 years and and probably longer than that, I mean, truly, probably longer than that, um, and I've said this many times, when you think of the amount of desperation that you've witnessed, both of you, uh, witnessed in attempts to hide and protect um, predators Uh, for the sake of the shield or for the sake of money, that we would all be naive to not least ask, is it possible that someone did this to try and continue that desperation? Because desperate people will do desperate things. And I'm not at that point where I don't believe that didn't happen here. I, I, I need to be told it didn't happen that way.
0: So, you know, I think both of us were on the call, uh, not the same call, but Governor Wolf uh, learned that his secretary of state had somehow not published the constitutional amendment in time uh, for the the constitutional amendment that was to create a two-year window to be in place. And this was a huge mistake because it meant that we may, would have to go back for you know, it would take another two years uh, to be able to get it done. It was, um, it was, it had to be devastating to you having worked so hard on this. It was devastating to survivors across the state. It certainly was a bummer to us because we had Pennsylvania in the win category and all of a sudden it was the, what now, what do we do category? So, but but you jumped up and said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's do this as an emergency constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're back on track, but, but, but I wanna ask Catherine to talk about who, who are our opponents on these issues?
2: Well, across the country, uh, we know very well that our opponents are either the insurance lobby or uh, the Catholic Conference. Um, they fight these bills uh, tooth and nail. There have been way too many times I've seen them in the hallways when we've been allowed to be in the hallways of legislative buildings. Um, you know, and quite simply, they're they're fighting um, they're fighting the bad fight, in my opinion, and. They are siding with perpetrators and institutions and they're covering up to, um, I would agree with you Representative Gregory, I think that a lot of this is about money, but a lot of this is also about keeping secrets secret and, um, and protecting their image. And I am a firm believer that there's never really a good secret, especially when it comes to children. So that's very dangerous in my opinion. So uh, I, that, that would be my answer to. If I, if I could just add to that, Catherine,
3: uh, in the rooms, one of the phrases we like to say is that you, you are as sick as your secrets.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Yeah. And, and that's the tragedy is that, you know, when the, when the spotlight story dropped in 2002, I immediately wrote a column in which I said, look, bishops, you've got two choices you either get on the side of the children or this is just gonna be an ongoing hemorrhaging. This is going to be a disaster for you. And they, they haven't yet figured it out sadly, um, but it's not, it, it's it's the bishops with the insurance industry right there. Uh, I'm very frustrated with the insurance industry because I think they can be part of the solution. They can be part of prevention. Um, so uh, so there, there are a lot of people to blame, but. It does seem like we're in a good place in Pennsylvania um, to hope for uh, opportunity, I, I think, as early as next week. So, uh, Representative Gregory, if you could just explain so, what's supposed to happen next week at this point?
3: Well, as you know, we passed HB 14 um, back in uh, February, or January. Um, And that was to start the uh, second uh, session clock, and it was with the the Senate and um, uh, the day before it was to be voted on. And as you said at the outset, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation had it not been for the mistake. So now we're into the emergency constitutional amendment, and I believe that uh, what we will see the Senate do, and uh, Chairman, Chairwoman Lisa Baker for Judiciary in the Senate, will run HB 14 through committee, adding an amendment for the emergency constitutional amendment, uh, the language of which will be very important. Um, and uh, we'll be taking a look at that. Uh, but once that uh, passes out of committee and goes to the Senate, uh, we need a two thirds vote. And uh, it is then sent to the house for concurrence and another two thirds vote. And uh, by Wednesday, if, if all things would go smoothly, I mean, that's a big if. Um, yeah, we, we could be, we, we will we will be in that good place that you're talking about, um, praying a lot about it. And uh, I, I hope victims that are watching this, survivors and thrivers, thrivers like myself, um, you know, you will have something to cheer and celebrate that we got this far. Then, of course, we have court challenges to uh, consider. Uh, And then we have, uh, you know, basically a little bit of time to make sure that the people of Pennsylvania know why this is important for them to support on May 18th. So
0: this will be one of, the. there'll be a couple of referenda on the May 18th ballot, assuming everything goes well, Governor Wolf signs it next week, we jump in and, and the Secretary of State can make up having, uh, now she's now gone, uh, Kathy Bookvar. but the office can make up for the error and draft a really good referendum language. Um, and then we're hoping that both parties will support the referendum at the polling places. And May 18th is, is the next time anybody can vote.
1: Child USA invites you to join us at the 5th Annual Awards Celebration on Thursday, November 4th, 2021. The Annual Awards Celebration will be hosted live, both virtually and in person, at the Bellevue Hotel in Philadelphia. It will be an inspiring evening together with friends, allies, and brave leaders in the field of child protection. Please visit childusa.org slash annual event 2021 to learn more. We hope to see you there. What is
0: it that we need to explain to the people of Pennsylvania about that May 18th primary? What what kind of a primary is it? It, Obviously it's not a presidential primary. Um, If you could just, Representative Gregory, just explain what they're going to the polls for.
3: Well, uh, this election will be very um, different than our last election that had an 80% turnout. Uh, Elections like this tend to, in my county for example, be in the low to mid 20s, somewhere in the 20s, we could see high 20s typically. But I would like to believe that what folks experienced in the election of last year is how important it is to vote every year. And if you go with that experience, you don't wanna miss this one any more than you wanna miss any other election. And that this is important for the sake of your communities, for the safety of your children, for the benefit of people who have been waiting for way, way too long and decades describes it. But the opportunity to get out and uh, vote for local government, municipal government elections is what's going to be most uh, on their minds. Statewide government, excuse me, um, judges races. Uh, but then the referendum votes that are out there, including one for the ending of the governor's emergency declaration, which is, you know, is one that's going to get some attention. But um, I really want to make sure that people know we have worked really hard to get this to the ballot and uh, we would really appreciate your support with a, with a yes uh, once we get it there.
2: So, it, it you know, it seems to me, sorry, what, Marcy, it wait, wait, wait. seems to me that this is really an opportunity for the voters in Pennsylvania to do what many leaders were unable to do for so many years and really stand with children and victims and justice. Um, they really have the opportunity to step up to do this.
3: I couldn't agree more, Catherine, and I would say that I believe that sexual abuse has ripple effects. I had them in my own life, and that secondary trauma that is created by what was done to us affects our families and their families, and the ripples never stop, and many of the ills that we are experiencing when it comes to mental health, when it comes to addiction, when it comes to crime, uh, those ripple effects of what occurred to us has created the secondary trauma, and we can also ask people to step up and say, I want to make a difference for that reason, also.
0: Right. Well, and you know, the thing is, is that one in five girls and one in 13 boys are sexually abused, according to our best data. Um, That's okay. a big chunk of the population, mm-hmm. right? And so for all of those who have not come forward, even, um, this is a chance to empower as many as, as, as need to and can come forward. Um, but I, you know, I, I really do hope that people understand the public interest that served here. Uh, this is, this is definitely for survivors. And I want to ask Catherine in a minute, how it felt when the window opened in New York and she was capable of filing her own lawsuit. Um, but, but don't, people need to understand there are teachers, there are coaches in the state of Pennsylvania right now that nobody knows about because the statute of limitations has kept them protected and the victims silent. When we pass these windows across the country, we find out about dangers to children that nobody knew about. Uh, and we find out that um, this, is a, this is a problem across the culture. It's, it's not, it's, it's drama. It is, uh, I'm thinking of all the things that kids do at school, sports, it's in school, it's extracurricular. It's it's by far not just a church. It is everywhere, and we as a society have got to. The only way we can understand it is if we let these survivors come forward and speak. Um, but, you know, Catherine fought for about a dozen years to get justice for herself uh, and thousands of others. At this point, the state of New York has had over five thousand cases filed many involving family, many involving uh, teachers and and just so many categories. Catherine, how did it feel for you when uh, the Child Victims Act was signed into
3: law?
2: Well, it it felt like the voice of that little girl who was sexually assaulted for five years was finally heard. It felt like um, the people uh, in charge and the leaders, finally said, this isn't right, and what happened to you was not your fault, and we owe you better. Um, and um, I think that's really important in terms of healing for survivors. Uh, as you know, Representative Gregory, it's, it's a process. It's not mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that survivors ever get over, but it's a process. But to feel um, validated and heard And, um, you know, it's very hard for me not to sort of go back to that little girl um, and feel as if I was able to speak, I was heard. And um, they did, they finally did the right thing.
3: You know, Marcy, if I may? Yes. um, When I started to um, go down the road of therapy um, and to finally have someone tell me that imagine you're up in the corner of the room excuse me my phone's ringing um, but imagine you're up in the corner of the room and you're looking down on the act that was perpetrated what would you do or what would you say you would step in and you would pull the little boy away and that he understood that this was not his fault that this is, this is, you know, you're not a bad boy, um, that there's no need to be ashamed or feel guilty. Uh, and you, you know, you, you need to be able to talk about it. And so I, I just pulled this out of my desk. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. It's, it's a little piece of shingle that uh, covered the garage uh, that um, I had my fingers up against, uh, you know, 48 years ago, and we'll never forget what that feels like, but I keep it, not so I can feel it and remember what it feels like, but to be able to recognize and help people understand that I understand and I will never forget. And I'm not gonna forget until we get this done.
0: You know, I think it's so important for the state to be saying to survivors, you matter. So we're, we're gonna find a way for you to get justice And we are tired of letting the perpetrators and the institutions off the hook. Um, I mean, I have to say what really makes me proud as a resident of Pennsylvania for 37 years, uh, longest place I ever lived in my life. Uh, You know, you marry a Philly boy, you go to, you know, you know, I'm, I'm at Vanderbilt if you can imagine, and here I am in, in Philly, but you know, I am very proud of the fact that in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, this is turning into a bipartisan, nonpartisan issue. Um, So you will have pulled off a miracle, uh, in my view, um, and and a providential miracle that you are a member of the GOP in the House. It is a leader of the GOP in the Senate, Lisa Baker, who's leading that fight. Um, That says a lot. Uh, And uh, how how do you feel about that?
3: Um, So it allows me to look at this as it's, if you can look at an issue and not have to look at it as a political party, but just look at it as a person, it makes it very, like I represent 64,000 people in my district. That's what all the districts add up to. I represent all of them. And if I don't represent all of them, how can I represent all of survivors, no matter what their political affiliation is? You can't look at somebody based on that. And for what our caucus has done with our leadership to recognize the importance of protecting families, I'm very proud of that. But I'm also very proud to, to be a member of the House of Representatives who, you know, 12 years ago, didn't want to live anymore and to be able to do this, and to be able to say to you that I am blessed to have been sexually abused, because I can do something with it, probably a miracle, <laughs> by the grace of God, yeah. <laughs> truly, and uh, when, when I think about uh, just how my leadership has supported me in this effort, um, um, I appreciate you bringing that up, thank you.
2: You know Marcy, uh, yesterday when I testified in the Judiciary Committee in Colorado, one of the things I said, uh quoting that data, one in five girls, one in thirteen boys, you know we're at about thirteen percent of all children, right, and I said, this affects all children. this is a non partisan issue right um and I, I just so thank you, representative Gregory for really leading the way here and, uh, and fighting for kids and justice. Thanks Catherine, thank you.
0: So. Yeah, and, and I think that is such a powerful point you're both making which is that perpetrators aren't looking to see what your political affiliation is. Uh, that's just not relevant, it's children. And all of us benefit if our children are healthy and if we uh, understand what's going on with them and how to protect them. Um, You know, I think a lot of people, when the first grand jury report came out of Philadelphia, um, Rick Santorum, a senator at the time, immediately said, uh, when Spotlight came out, he said, "But that was Boston because they're liberal. And then Lynn Abraham at the DA in Philly said, "Eh, I think I'll look into that. And then she did, and the the 05 report comes out, and and it's it's a problem in Philly. Of all places, this Catholic... when I moved to Philadelphia with my husband thirty six year, 37 years ago, what I understood was you identified yourself by your parish. That's not something we did in Nashville or Dallas or Chicago, even uh, where I had lived before everybody, even if you were Jewish, you lived in a parish. And so this was a thoroughly Catholic town and it turns out there was a problem, but the reason I raise that is because I just hope everybody understands this is about every child in every scenario. It's about the daycare centers and the schools and the coaches. Um, so I hope that, uh, that we see success next week, but I also hope that everybody understands we then have to fight for the referendum. We need people showing up at the polls. We need people helping to promote it. Um, it, it, this won't be done till it's done. So uh, it's, uh, this is going to be uh, a slog, but a worthwhile slog, shall we say.
3: Um, Trudging the road to happy destiny. <laughs> um,
2: uh, my, my gloves are always nearby and I'm happy to put them on and tighten them up for, for the sake of kids and justice. So
0: Always, always. Yes. Well, yes. I want to thank you both for one, everything you do, this is just—it's moving. Um, and I want to say, uh, let's do it. I'm hoping that we can have success. I'm hoping all those survivors that hear this will understand. We're all in there fighting for you, Representative Gregory. Thanks for leading the way. Thank you. Um, Finding Thank you. a pathway in a state that looked like—you know—we rank the states as to feasibility. Pennsylvania was not high on feasibility until you came in the door.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you for everything. Thanks. Appreciate
0: it. I also want to say you really do have a voice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We will look forward to fighting it out a little bit longer in Pennsylvania. Okay.
3: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend.
0: Thank you.
2: Take care. Bye.
0: really enjoyed talking to Representative Jim Gregory and Catherine Robb about the roller coaster of SOL reform, which may well be coming into the station uh, in the next week or so. Um, And, you know, we've been getting uh, questions about various aspects of this SOL reform movement in Pennsylvania. So I wanted to answer a few of those questions real fast. Um, and then I'll let you know how you can get involved in the Pennsylvania push. Um, you know, everyone always asks how many victims do you think will file lawsuits, uh, in the state? You know, if you base it on, um, every other state at this point, probably 1500 to 2000, uh, we've had a banner number, uh, in New York. Uh, but, uh, I think New York is a different scenario and, um, uh, I, I do think that we'll have about a couple thousand in Pennsylvania. Uh, some people are worried. Well, what if the legal process, when the victim files their lawsuit, takes longer than the window? So this uh, emergency constitutional amendment lasts two years, and what? And sometimes these legal claims can go on, you know, for five years. Um, often not, but they can. Uh, And the answer is, the key here is to file your case within that two year period. So as soon as the window opens in 2021, fingers crossed it does, um, you'll have two years to be able to file. So you don't have to come forward immediately, but you do want to start looking and and talking to lawyers sooner rather than later, um, because uh, once that window closes in Pennsylvania, That is going to be it for revivals. Um, The the issue is, is that this is a constitutional amendment and the Pennsylvania constitutional amendment is providing a two-year window for victims from the past who claims have expired. It's not providing anything else. So this is when we need to hear from survivors and survivors really need to to come forward. Um, Some people have wondered, so we had this legislation last year And what it did was it extended the statute of limitations to age 55 prospectively for child sex abuse. Um, And it started this amendment process. Well, uh, and so the question is, does the window affect those under the age of 55? And the answer is absolutely, because anyone whose claim had expired at the time of the extension to age 55, uh, you need that window, even if you're under 55 now. So if your claim had expired because the limit was 20 years at one point or 30 years at one point and you pass those ages, um, your claim is expired. Um, so this extension to age 55 really doesn't, it's not, it wasn't retroactive, it doesn't save everybody. Um, you definitely want to jump into the window. Um, and uh, so, so what can you do to be part of getting um, support uh, from all of the elected representatives in Pennsylvania and also getting the referendum passed, which would be May 18th? Uh, so let me, let me explain what's the mechanism right now. We, re- we created uh, a committee called the United Front for PASOL Reform. And the idea here is that uh, instead of the splintering of groups and individuals, which unfortunately we've, exi- we've had in Pennsylvania for too long, we want everybody to come together and work together. And we want to amplify survivors' voices as much as we possibly can. Uh, as well as the advocates. So um, we would be delighted if you were to sign up for the United Front for PASOL reform. You can get there by emailing info at childusadvocacy.org. Info at childusadvocacy.org. We're also putting a QR code right up on the screen so that you can just scan that um, and get there. And so the United Front has uh, been uh, sending emails to members of the legislature. They will be supporting the referendum, getting uh, getting out the vote, and also um, we'll be talking about having representatives at the polling places uh, to say, hey, definitely vote in favor of justice for child sex abuse victims. So uh, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, we'd love to have you, if you're not already part of the United Front, to join the United Front. Um, and uh, Catherine and I are looking to start uh, United Fronts in other states as well. But let's focus on Pennsylvania while we're, we're here. So thanks so much. And uh, we'll see you for the next podcast of Voice for the Kids. Thanks so much.